We're going to continue with our daily Bible reading for today as we finish up. There we go. Another book of the Bible. We've uh, we've gone through both of Peter's letters here in First and Second Peter. Uh, and, you know, we talked about before, why, why do we have two different letters of Peter? Well, look at verse 1 of chapter 3. And this is a great example, again, of how Scripture is not vague at all. It really describes in detail um, everything about how we got here, uh, what Christ Jesus did for us, how we live our lives today. Um, looking at life from a very realistic perspective, like I said yesterday in, in chapter 2, you look at that and say, my gosh, did Peter write this today? All the things he's describing of the depravity of man, sin in the world, our selfishness, our self-centeredness, ignoring God in the world, it's going on yet today. But that ought to, for you and I as Christians, that ought to give us hope. Um, things are not so bad right now that God's not still in charge uh, that he's still in control, and that we can put our hope and our trust in him, um, in that um, things are not so far out of array that, that uh, my gosh, we'll never get them back. Um, God's still in charge. In fact, he describes for us in, in this part of chapter uh, chapter 3 exactly why um, why the world is still going on. And, and so let's delve into that. So look at verse 1 of chapter 3. He says, this is now the second letter. Um, so again, letter, is, Latin is epistle. So some of you've heard, you've heard of them as the epistles. Here's his second letter. And what's he doing? He's writing it to them. So the way he communicated, especially back at that time, couldn't call him on the phone, couldn't uh, uh, send him an email, couldn't uh, uh, shoot them a video text or, or do what I'm doing right now in this video. Uh, but they would do it all by letters. And, and here's, a, here's an example of that. Um, you see Peter's heart for the people he's writing to, as if we haven't seen it already. He calls them beloved, um, which is a great term. Jesus used that term. John uses that term when he writes. Paul certainly does uh, in the same way. And, and then, then he describes why he's writing this thing. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. Um, and, and I found that really very, very powerful. When Jesus said he's going to send the Holy Spirit, he said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I have told you. In other words, we know what we need to know. We just need to be reminded of it again. Why do we, we need to be reminded of it again? Because we easily forget it. Um, you and I get to worry about, the, does God really care about us? Is, is God really in charge? Does does he really love us? You know what? Go back to what you were taught and remember what you heard. And again, another reason why we need to be in the word like we are right now, so that we know this stuff and we hear Jesus speak to us again and again. And why did why did uh, God cause scripture to be written so we could go back to it again? So we would be reminded of it again. Um, I think about uh, what the thief on the cross said to Jesus when he, when he turns to Jesus. Jesus, remember me. And Jesus says, I never forgot you. Today, you will be with me in paradise, and that ought to give us hope. Um, so what he's reminding us again is that Jesus said from the very beginning, God told us from the very beginning when we fell into sin, he said, There's, this is going to end one day, that, that our history on this earth is a linear history. It has a beginning, and it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be having an end. We kind of think, you know, well, time's been going on uh, from a human perspective, and, and it's just going to keep going on. No, it's one day. Uh, while, while we don't know exactly when that day is going to be, it's one day closer today than it was yesterday. And, and what ought we to do? Well, listen, he says, remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments. Um, there's your summarization of, or another way of saying, remember the Old Testament. Uh, the commandments given by Moses, 
uh, God gave them to the people and the prophets being all of those from Moses on of those who continue to speak to the people and remind them of what's going to come. And, and also God gave us the apostles. So the 12 apostles, Peter being one of them to write this down for us. So you and I would know. So where's the issue? Well, he says it in verse three, there's going to be scoffers that are going to come from the first until the last and going to say, nah, this Bible stuff, no way. It can't be true. Um, we're smarter now. We know more now. Um, let's just put this all behind you. The Bible is kind of like, you know, what you learned about Santa Claus and other things and you were a kid in the tooth fairy and all that. But hey, let's grow up and uh, we're smarter now. So we're in charge. We're in control. Um, nice try uh, because it's not true. We find that every single day. Um, but but what we need to look on, um, and, and what do they do? They question the word of God. Same thing Satan did to Adam and Eve. Look at verse four. Where is this promise of Jesus coming? So if you remember, Jesus said many times before he left this earth, I'm coming back again. Of course, you look at that and you say, well, look at all the time that's happened. It's been over 2,000 years since Jesus was here and promised. Maybe he's not coming um, and then he reminds us again, you know, from the beginning after the fall into sin, God said that things aren't right here on this earth. First of all, through the flood, he destroyed all of mankind except for Noah and all his family. Then he started over again. And he says, that's but a small picture of the fact that one day God's going to come and destroy everything. All of creation was impacted by the fall into sin. God's going to destroy it all one day, and he's going to restore a paradise for you and I um, who hold on to uh, um, uh, faith in Jesus Christ. But So then he goes on to verse 8. He says, but don't overlook this. While you and I look and see this has been a long time, remember that God's view of time is different than ours. In fact, probably the best way I can describe that, or one way I can describe that is to say, for God, everything is present. There's no such thing as past or future because he sees it all. Now that's different than us. That's why he says, don't you know that for us, a day seems like a long time, but for God, it's like a thousand years. Now he's not redefining the day as some have said, well, you know, well then God, uh, God defines a day differently and then go back to creation and say, well, maybe the days of creation were a thousand years or more than a thousand years. That's not the point here. The point here is just saying, that God looks at time in a very different way than we do. So it's not a long time for God. And why is God waiting? He's being patient. Look at verse 9. Not wishing that any should perish, even thieves on the cross who beg to him for mercy in the very last minutes of their life. God wants everybody to be saved. He doesn't want them to be um, to be lost. But remember that that second coming is going to come like a thief in the night. Jesus even said those words too. And when he comes, it's over. It's done. Time, time as we know it. So therefore, verse 11, what sort of people ought we to be? What kind of lives ought we to live? He says, we ought to be eager to do the work that God calls us to do. Take advantage of every single day that God has blessed us with, um, realizing that uh, the time is short and that, uh, that God is using us to bring the good news to people about salvation in him and, uh, and to warn people about it as well. And then he, he ends the chapter with a great therefore. Um, you know, beloved, therefore be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And think about that. How are we gonna be without spot or blemish? By repenting, confessing our sins to God and receiving by faith the forgiveness he's won for us. That's the only way. And when it comes to peace, 
Who's going to bring us peace? Are we going to win peace by ourselves? Can we make peace by ourselves? No. But Jesus is our peace. And that's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And then count the patience of God as salvation. He's hoping and and he's working and he's waiting that others might come to know him. Um, But then uh, realize that uh, as he brings up in the word of God, uh, that there's, and that's why we're studying the word as we are, that some of it's a little deeper and tougher than other words are, uh, but it's the wisdom of God for us. And realize that there's going to be some who are going to keep trying to twist that word. But verse 18, he says, but you grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's the solid foundation that's not going to change forever. So God bless you as you finish up another book of the Bible. Uh, Let's keep pouring through it uh, as we get into that word. uh, And God speaks to us. God bless you as you read.